One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Golf is back. Golf is back. Is back. <laughs> wow. Welcome back to episode number... 67, I think. Don't quote me. ...of the Rick Shields Golf Show podcast. And if you know, 68. I'm excited. Episode 68. Golf is back. Here in England, golf courses have reopened and I'm bloody excited. I'm looking forward to seeing you on the golf course, Rick. You've got a lot of mouth recently about how good you are, who you'd beat this, that, the other. So let's put, um, you, can, you, can, you can talk the talk, but can you walk the walk? Well, we're going to find out. And in this podcast, we are going to explain a brand new series that's coming out to YouTube exclusive on the Rick Shields YouTube channel every Friday, 4 p.m. We put the trailer out the other day, but we're going to explain that a little bit more. We also answer some of your questions. Um, Stephen does not get a prize today, no. but find out how you could potentially get a prize next week. Big news. Um, apart from that, Guy joined a golf club. I did. We talk about whether one of the majors should be match play, yes or no. No. <laughs> that ruins that section. Just skip that. We talk about some really interesting guests we're going to have on the podcast very soon. So sit back, relax. Golf is bloody back. Well, you were really down depressed. This episode, this start of it, though, you make it sound really good. Uh, it's going to be class. Guys, sit back. Jingle time. Yep. Let me do it. Okay. Just I'm so excited. <laughs> All right. Three, two, one, go. Welcome back to Rituals Golf Show podcast, everybody. I'm here today on the 29th of march with guy and golf is back it feels like christmas day i i woke up this morning excited i felt like something was in the air it was different and i know a lot of international listeners will be like what the hell are they talking about but if you weren't aware certainly in england we have been closed since was it about the 4th of january I think it was. It was very early in the year. The golf courses have been closed and they have opened again today. Even though we're recording this on the 29th and releasing on the 30th, golf is buzzing. I got, we're filming today, well, we're recording and filming the podcast at the Marriott Worsley Park. Um, and I got here about an hour and 15 early and went to the putting green with my new putter, a box of Pro V1s. Nice. Well, th- a sleeve of three and rolled a few putts. How did it feel? It felt good for the first five minutes. And then, uh, what really stresses me out with putting, I've got this weird thing where when I hit, do, do like a long putt, like say 30 foot or longer, my left knee twinges on the backstroke. What? Yeah, it does. And it gets in my head. It's almost like I need a knee brace on. It starts to like... Get into, f- get into full swing territory. It does. It's really weird. And also, what I've never noticed until today, whether it's because I've not played for so long, how many putts I was hitting out the heel of the face. Really? But other than that, it was good. Okay. The first tee was rammed. 
people everywhere. Like you said, there was a bus. But socially distanced, of course. Social distance, but yeah, just people mulling around, cars in the car park. There was a lot of like excited vibes. <laughs> Saw one horrendous tee shot. God, how bad. It was a left-handed guy on the first, so he did what was a slice, or our hook, if you like. And it literally went well into the 18th fairway. Oh. It was probably, a, it was almost one of those ones where it was as far offline as it went in total distance. <laughs> was it windy on that first hole? Yeah, it was. was. It? Any others? No, I didn't watch a lot. I was too focused on my putting. Nice. Which was decent. I got, <laughs> got a good tweet out of it anyway. You got a new putter in the bag? Got a new putter. Odyssey, um, what's that your model called? Uh, ten, two ball 10. With a line on it. Yeah. It's good. My only qualm, it's really good actually, because I, like I like the spider shape. I like the Odyssey two ball, two balls. I like the black line. I'm just not a big fan of the insert. If it's it had gone firm. down the white hot route, then it would have been the absolute best putter ever made. It's good though. Yeah. Um, I'm excited as well because I'm going to be playing a lot of golf this week and we're doing a lot of filming. The weather's looking good. And it, it really feels like, obviously, we had Dan Webster on the podcast last week, which we want to talk about in a minute because it was one of our most successful podcasts ever. So thanks so much for listening to that. But he summarized the golf industry really well last week when he said about it's like a, a wave is coming in mm-hmm. and you've got to ride the ride the wave you've got to surf it and it does feel like that at the moment like it feels like it should be on, on paper the perfect storm for an incredible golf season good weather yes looking like Fingers this crossed. week yeah You've got, obviously, golf courses reopening here in England. Is it now just Ireland that are still closed? I think, is it the 1st of April, Ireland? So not far away. Um, I'm not sure. I know it's definitely Ireland aren't playing, like you said, because I've seen a lot of tweets, people saying, oh, golf's not back for us, but I don't know when it is. I think it's really soon, thank God. And the Masters is literally around the corner. It does feel like you said it's like all these ingredients into a massive big pie, and the pie's going to taste good, I hope. <laughs> the pie is going to be a massive golf boom pie. More new golfers, more uh, members, more people playing golf, buying equipment, watching YouTube videos, hallelujah, watching Facebook, listening to podcasts. We need to maximise the pie. We do. Don't ruin the pie. We need, yeah, we need to maximize it. <laughs> we need to be, we need to be greedy with it as well. We, eat, we yeah, want all the pie. It's our, we, want, we want the pie. And we want to eat the pie. Other so, people can enjoy the pie. So yeah, it's going to be really good, and we've got some killer content coming your way. You might have seen yesterday. I put a teaser out of a new series that I'm bringing out as well. Mm-hmm. Not sure how we kind of do. We put a stru- do we start with that now? Should we start with that conversation? Yes. So. Um, this year I'm excited because I'm going to play more golf this year than I think I've ever played golf because I think a lot of the conception and you know this obviously being on the ground working with last kind of nearly four years now is actual rounds of golf is very limited very limited so I'll be out filming a lot I'll be I'll be hitting golf balls a lot I'll I'll be making content around golf but actually playing 18 holes with a scorecard in my hand is incredibly rare certainly going from hole one to 18 green i reckon that is genuinely about four times a year yeah yeah exactly and if i'm honest most of that is off camera yeah most of the times when i play proper golf 18 holes i don't do it on camera i play it with a couple of pals or some mates of mine and uh or or we'll go we've not played really 18 holes have we Normally because you win on like the 16th green, <laughs> like the skinnier tee. But we like, very, very rare. So this year I'm really excited to bring out a new series which is going to start on the 2nd of April and it is break 75. Now the concept is very simple. I'm going to play 18 holes mm-hmm. and see if I can break 75. I've got a question straight away right off the bat. You're a pro, you're a PGA pro, 75 should be easy. Well, this is where I've been clever. 
you've got to set goals that are achievable <laughs> no in you you're dead right and we saw we put a trailer out yesterday that harry did a great job on editing it it really gave that that buzz of golf is back it got your heart racing and the whole idea of it is, is yet yeah, we're saying i'm saying 75 as my target because yes even though i am a pj golf professional i turned pro off low single figures i was i think i was off three when i turned pro I do know I've got a better game in me. I think I, I, if I did play, if I played as a, re, if, as a member of a golf club from the moment of 18 till now, I would reckon I'd be off scratch, if not a little bit less. But I've not been doing, I've not been playing a lot of golf, actual proper golf. So I'm giving myself a buffer. I feel like if I was to go out and shoot a 74 at any golf course, I would be happy. The trick is we need to find loads of golf courses that pass 68. <laughs> nice <laughs> so yeah I, even though it's a we saw a lot of comments on that certainly i did on facebook and youtube yesterday saying yeah but you, you should easily break 75 why am i listening to you if you can't break 75 well yeah i hope i do break 75 you talk a good game exactly and so i reckon i've got it in me but i reckon i also have some horrendous rounds in me as well if it's not going well it can go badly yeah, but that, that's the thing as well. And this is why I, I understand people sometimes get confused because you are a PGA professional. The, the biggest tour in the world is the PGA Tour. Yeah. So people often think that because you're a PGA professional, you are a tour pro, which yeah. obviously isn't the case. But you are a golf coach. You Correct. are a content creator. An influencer. A, borderline. Um, <laughs> a podcast host. Host. So for you, golf actually play, you said actually playing golf what, what else are you going to say? family man. Family man. Husband. Husband. It's my wedding anniversary um, today. Oh is it? Well not today we're recording this but today when we've released the podcast. Oh nice. Eight Congra- years. Oh congratulations. Eight years married to my lovely wife. Uh, that's obviously hampered my golf. Why have to get you a gift or something? Nah. I think, oh, okay. I think ten years yeah. But I'm thinking about throwing a massive big party on ten year anniversary. Mm, yeah that'd be good. What, what, what vibe? Vegas. Vegas? Yeah yeah. Really? Yeah. That, oh my god. Does that mean you pay for the guests to come as well? Or people expect to fork out? If we can get like, if we five can million get, subs, uh, you're paying. Yeah. Okay. Perfect. <laughs> Everyone make a second account now. Subscribe. <laughs> Hashtag get guy to Vegas. That'd be really good. Um, but yeah, does, anyway. does Claire have to come? Because otherwise, it'd be quite a good little trip. There's <laughs> certainly no kids. Um, I'm, wait, lost, wait. I'm lost now. Okay, oh, yeah, so you're 75. So I think if you can go out genuinely now and beat that, you've played well. Mm. And that's no reflect. People sometimes think that golf coaches have to be amazing at golf. And obviously you have to, you'd think you have to have some knowledge of the game clearly and you have to be a decent player and understand. Because if you're a golf coach and you couldn't break 90, that you could still understand the swing, but you couldn't put yourself in situations that you, you, your students are in. No. But equally, you know, um, what's the guy that Rory's just signed with? Um, what's he called oh not God. signed with his Pete, Pete Cowan. Cowan Pete Cowan he has he, he won like one event I think that was like the Nambia Open or something mad so obviously he's a good player in his day but he's never been on the last hole trying to win a major no. so there comes a balance of like you have to be able to play and understand the game but equally you don't have to be as good as your um, your students because otherwise nobody could coach Rory or nobody could coach Tiger etc and in a weird way a golf coach has just failed players anyway to some mm-hmm. degree and that, I'm not saying that as a bad thing but you talk about a lot of the best players in the world have been potential players or have done okay but then have never quite made it and then end up turning into coaches true so break 75 yeah so every friday so every single week i'm gonna go and play 18 holes at 12 different golf courses around the uk so <laughs> a golf course each week for 12 weeks and on friday at 4 p.m on the main youtube channel you are going to get a banger of a video it's going to be action-packed yes from start to finish we're going to include all shots 
and the idea is it's almost a bit more i think it'll be a very different style to what you've seen before maybe even mean a different style where it will it'll be a little bit more kind of behind the scenes kind of vloggy style yeah um kind of almost coarse vloggy to a degree we've yeah. mentioned that on a few posts and stuff um i'll have some guests with me i'll have friends with me or sometimes i'll play on my own sometimes i'll play with people you might not know but you'll kind of introduce through the video uh, it's not so much about the match let's say if i am having playing against somebody else it's not particularly against the head-to-head um that might come down the line maybe in another series later on in this year because i've seen to have a lot of people wanting to play golf against me at the moment i wonder why that is this bloody podcast yeah it is <laughs> who was that whoever asked that bloody question has a lot to answer for it's caused a few good episodes out of it though. it has uh, but every every Tom, Dick and Harry in the YouTube world wants to challenge me now. I've seen that. I've said I can beat everybody. But then it's going to be awkward in your first video you shoot 83. <laughs> but actually, I think there's something in having a guest or, or a playing partner. Because let's just... So tomorrow we're playing one. Yes. Well, we're not. You're playing one with somebody else who's a good player. But you're going to get, say, like, you could be tactical and let them have the honour on every hole. Ah. So when you get to a par three, nice. you make it an eight iron and there's some nice. to you, you can go, actually, he's gone big with that and he's gone nine. Ooh. So it's almost like you're paced pacemaker pace setter I like you're gonna that. learn from them i like that we're at, i'm actually playing with a really good player tomorrow i'm not sure if i've ever played with him before as well i've got a funny feeling i have when i went to college does it upset you or offend you that my money's on him to shoot no not at you? all That's not good. at all because how many him. times has he won club tr- championship a ridiculous amount i think he's won club championship five or six times if you do beat him i will happily say that you're the best player at this club wow so wow <laughs> okay a lot to uh, live up for um so it's going to be good. It's going to be... What we're also trying to do with these videos as well... I know a lot of people are fans of course vlogs, but my issue with them and a few people's was they often got quite long in length, didn't they? It'd be like they three did. videos, maybe yeah. even half an hour long sometimes. Yeah. So these are going to be one video. They're going to be quite short in length to keep them quite exciting, but they're going to have every shot behind the scenes. And then what's also really good about this as well is... So let's say we get sent a lot of clubs to review that we sometimes don't have time to or we don't think that the club itself is a big enough club to warrant a full review yeah. whether it be a new hybrid or a new five wood from a brand or whatever it might be even a wedge or putter anything really so with this if your short game's been a bit off and you think actually i want to try a new putter next break 75 you put a new odyssey in the bag let's say or a new um even roll putter whatever it might be then you come off the back of it and go i like that putter because of x y and z you've got a little bit of a review in the little nugget of review and it's still a course vlog. Correct. I, I, I'm excited about it. I think playing golf, uh, because it's it's been uh, taken away from me for three months, like I'm itching to go and play some golf. Have a scorecard in my hand is probably something that I'm maybe not as looking forward to, but I think get two or three under the belt, mm-hmm. and, then, and then we'll be off. Got some really nice golf courses lined up as well. Um, it should be good. I I'm think excited. The, the mixture we've gone with so far is a mixture of kind of high-profile ones that people will know of, we don't want to say yeah in case for any reason we can't get a tea time, but people will know of them. But then also some that are just kind of like a hidden gem or local yeah. to us. So it's kind of a mixture that is like relatable to some people, but also kind of these like nice courses as well. Yeah. What's also exciting me about this, Rick, is you've got a new stick in the bag. I've got two new sticks got in the bag. One of which excites me a lot. Talk to me. So I might release a brand new full what's in the bag this week on the main channel mm-hmm. so i don't give too much away but i'll give away my driver yes and i'll explain why i've put a new driver in the bag can i just jump in first and say love you too the driver you had in the bag last which was the cobra speed zone was the best i have ever seen you hit a driver in terms of like fairways hit accuracy reliability etc it was boring <laughs> maybe it, it, it was boring <laughs> no, I'm joking, but it was I'm joking. Fur, you were striping it yeah 
So I'm I'm kind of surprised that you've put another one in the bag, but also excited because I know why you've put it in the bag. Yeah. So, um, guys, right. So a couple of years ago, I obviously had the Cobra F9 in the bag, which was one of the best drivers I well, I think Cobra ever made. Um, and it kind of had that real blend of forgiveness, but also gave me distance. The year after, I would look for a new driver, and I was looking for something much more forgiving. Mm-hmm. I tested every single driver in the category, and I was like, right, I just need to hit more fairways. Yeah. Like last year, I was like, right, come on, let's find more fairways, because I think that's going to help me score much better. Obviously, we didn't get a chance to test that uh, test that theory loads, because I didn't play loads and loads of golf because of everything that went on. But I narrowed it down to two drivers. It was the Mizuno driver in the end. Oh, I forgot about that. And the Cobra Speed Zone mm. Extreme. Now, the Co- both very similar drivers in performance was getting me lots of fairways, was giving me lots of forgiveness, was go- giving me lots of confidence. But I actually edged towards the Cobra Speed Zone Extreme and loved it. Felt like I, I had lots of control over the driver. Um, really, really comforting looking head behind the golf ball. Big head shape. Um, kind, of, kind of felt like just the ball just popped up in the air and went like down more of a channel a little bit spinny a little bit spinny a little bit straight. high kind of just down a down a channel that's boring for rick shields though isn't it rick shields doesn't like channels what the, does rick shields like <laughs> the problem is my ego got the better of me <laughs> when i started bombing at you 12 yards past you every time with ease weirdly though i was using the same driver oh yeah god yeah think about that. brute strength well, either way um yeah so my ego got the better of me i started to look at distance and you might have seen the series that did at the start of the year trying to increase my club head speed and i managed to increase it a little bit i'm kind of cranking it around 12 and a half mile 12 and a half 112.5 miles per hour now starting to get a little bit more ball speed but because of those factors the speed zone extreme that i had in the bag which by the way wasn't the main one i had in the bag because if you remember i smashed the one on the roof in the yeah. garage i had this yellow one in which i wasn't the biggest fan of because i had more of a shiny head rather than matte finish um I was just finding that the performance was kind of the ball was spinning up more and not getting the distance. Do you not think, though, we've actually gone about, well, you've gone about this the wrong way, the fact that you're now putting in a driver that's going to go longer when you're actually looking at more scores. Oh, yeah. Because that fairway finding Cobra Speed Zone, I think in this Break 75 challenge we've got coming up, would have been perfect. Well, this is where I've got an option. Why are you two drives in the bag? Maybe. So, at the moment, right now... After coming out of lockdown and um, being on the launch one is too much more and knowing that a driver with lower spin and with better ball speed and better club head speed is giving me way more distance right now, I've decided to put the driver in the bag, the Ping G425LS Tech. Those the, three letters at the end are what worry me. Now, the LS Tech is the low-spin technology. And the idea that the, the center of gravity is closer to the face, so when I do nut one out the middle, it spins lower and goes ridiculously further. Mm-hmm. Like, even last night, I was hitting some shots in my simulator. I've genuinely, I've not hit driver that long for ages. How, like I was getting, long? like, well, I carried one, not, not all of them yet. I carried one 303 carry. 303? Yeah. That's... Peter Finch's free wood. <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. How big of a reason has Peter Finch's distance been into making you want a new driver? A uh, little bit. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's more the fact that I feel like everybody's getting more speed. Yeah, they are, but I, I, you are right, and it's true, and we all know now that strokes gain and distance with off the tee is so important. Look at Bryson, etc. But I think we're also forgetting all this is Instagram, it's lockdown, it it's in a studio, it's smack as hard as you can, it it's is. hit five of the planet, get one good one, share that online, <laughs> and you're getting, tra- you're getting I know, trapped. I know, I know. So, 
I am, and, and I'm, I'm willing to get my fingers burnt. So at the moment, I've put the G425 LS Tech in. However, I've easily got a backup mm-hmm. in a, a matter of a couple of screws of a wrench. I could easily switch in the G425 Max. Not on the same round of golf. No. Because I'll Not put you down for a penalty for that. <laughs> so, but after a round of golf and I go, right, you know what? The LS Tech isn't giving me what I want. I, I've hit zero fairways, but I did bomb one 303. <laughs> Flex. But then I go, and I, I called it at the start of the year, the most forgiving driver, the straightest hitting driver I've ever, ever hit. Which was? The G425 LS, uh, G425 Max the, yeah. driver. I honestly think, jokes aside, two drivers could be an option for you. What would I take out? Three wood. I don't hit it. Exactly. Have a, have an LS Tech that you know on a wide open par five, you've got a bit of room, you can just lash at one and get a bit of distance and then have a forgiving one, whether it be like a... Because you also hit the TS2, TS2 I2 very straight. Mm. Have like a, 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 a drive that's going to be a little bit more spinny, not quite as long in carry, but you stand there and think, I can't miss the foe with this. And that can be... Uh, well, that's a that's a break 75 experiment. Mm. On a tight course where there's a couple of wider holes we can go at it, that could be the option to go with. As much as I love my three-wood, I love it because I don't hit it. You know what it is with a three-wood? It feels like it has to be in your bag because it looks weird without one. Because it looks good. Yeah, if you went driver two iron and then no other wood yeah. and there's one wood in the bag, it'll, or even driver and a hybrid, it doesn't. It, the head covers don't match. No. And then two driver head covers won't look right. But I'm willing to try it. It could maybe have the head cover up on of them. That could be a cool little quirk. Ooh. If they're giving one, doesn't have a head cover on. I'll tell you what I would do. I've got an old, you know, like proper traditional um, pom-pom head cover. Mm. I could put my pom-pom head cover on my second driver. Then my norm, because then it feels like a three wood. Like a pom-pom head cover feels like it sits yeah, on a three wood. Do you know what I mean? You know what I hate? When driver head covers have a one on them. Have you ever seen that? It's like well, a one did it recently. They did. It's yeah, horrible. I don't like that. So yeah, new driver in the bag. I've got another new put. Uh, uh, what did I just say there? I think I just said the word. I've got another new club in the bag as well. And uh, stay tuned because we might do a what's in the bag. If not, I'll explain it more in the break seventy five we release on mm-hmm. Friday. Um, I've got a really good day, Rick, for you this week. Okay. And if you're, I was going to say, if you listen to this podcast, obviously you must be listening to this podcast if you listen to this podcast. But from next week, we've got a very exciting announcement to make. Yes. Um, should we say what else? We've got our sponsor coming on board. Fine, yes. Uh, in fact, let's just pad this out with a fraction because I know what, we're probably half an hour in now, are we roughly? Yeah, yeah, so we know, it, we know it's that people listening are our hardcore audience. We've joked about having a sponsor for a while and we've done a few bits with The Open who are fantastic and we've done a couple of bits with uh, Top Tracer. But we always said that if we get the podcast sponsored, it has to be with a brand um, that we really like, that we've used before, that we want to talk to talk about our audience and feel passionate about it yes so i know silly one i know once we've had loads of people reach out so but what i remember once was like a, a beard trimming company or something reached out I well, think it, it was beard and balls if you remember balls you could trim your beard oh yeah and, and your, trim your balls yeah and it was like it was just stupid <laughs> even now we're laughing about it, it i don't like, know if we, it's the same attachment but <laughs> possibly but we said, like, if we do get a good sponsor, well, if we get a sponsor for the podcast, it has to be something that we really feel proud to announce. And next week, there will be an announcement on a new podcast sponsor. Yes. Uh, they have come on board for a 10-episode run, which is, is perfect for us. And each week, they are going to sponsor the kind of show, but they're also going to sponsor the Dear Rick section. Yes. So from next week, every person that gets their Dear Rick read out for the next 10 weeks is going to get put into a hat. 
And how do they email it? How do they get a Dear Rick read out? So it's quite simple. You go onto your um, phone, okay. laptop, okay. your um, tablet. tablet, your desktop. Yeah. Um, that's probably the only ways, I think. I think so. Apple Watch, potentially. You could dictate Ooh. it. Wow. And the email address is simply podcast at rickshields.com. So it's P-O-D-C-A-S-T yeah. at rickshields, R-I-C-K-S-H-I-E-L-S.com. Yes. And you title it, Dear Rick. Yes. And then you send us an email. <laughs> dear Rick's, though, there's a mixture of vibes with Dear Rick. It can be a nice, sincere question. It can be a jokey question. It can just be an actual one to get better at golf question. Yeah. It can be anything, and we're going to mix them up. But if you get your Dear Rick, so this one this week, unfortunately, has missed out. <laughs> so, Stephen, I'll say his first name. You've missed out, but doesn't matter. You can still, go again next week you if go, you wanted come, to. Come back again, come back stronger. I took that off the Peter Crouch podcast. I don't know how that came out then. That was off the Peter Crouch podcast. Um, but they're going to put into a prize draw and a really cool prize at the end of it. But not Stephen. But not Stephen. Sorry, e- Stephen. Everybody else from this point that gets their Dear Rick read out will get put into a prize for 10 weeks. And then at the end of 10 weeks, they'll get drawn out of a hat to win a mega prize from our new sponsor on next week's podcast. And a second prize as well. And But not Stephen. But not Stephen. Not Stephen. Okay, Stephen, give us your question. <laughs> so Stephen's question is, um, hi, I'm in my final year at university and I'm about to get into the real world to find a job. My degree is in business management. Throughout the lockdown, I got back into golf after a 10-year hiatus. I used to play off 12 when I was about 14, which is good but stopped shortly after because my dad became injured and I wasn't kind of didn't have the bug to play as much. Um, getting back playing the game last year and it reignited my love, okay? I realised at 25 I'm not going to be a professional, but I would like to still be involved with the game at some capacity. My concern is that I've not been to like a golf school or done like a golf-focused kind of degree or anything and I've got a lack of industry knowledge uh, and experience. Um, but... My question in short is, Rick, if you were in my shoes, how would you go about getting involved with the golf industry? Mm. So Stephen, he's obviously um, an intelligent bloke. He's doing a business management degree. Yeah. Likes the game of golf, loves the game of golf, wants to work in golf. So what advice would you give him? I think now, more than any other time that I know in the golf industry, there are so many jobs in the golf industry that don't require you to hit a golf ball Mm -hmm. would you like back in i remember when i did my pga training and one of the questions was in the room right everyone put your hand up what do you want to be when you when you qualify do you want to be a player and to be honest most hands went up at that point so everyone in the room put their hands up pretty much do you want to be a a coach again a lot of people put their hands up do you want to be a head pro again a lot of people put their hands up that's kind of where it stopped like there wasn't many options after that. You either, if you if you were going to do a proper PGA studies, you do be a player, a coach, or a head pro. Mm-hmm. But now you look at the golf industry as a whole, and you think about the range of jobs available. Like you, for example, you mm. work in the golf industry, yeah. but this job wouldn't have been available five years ago, 10 years ago, because you know, being a brand manager of a social media business just didn't exist. That wasn't a role. And we've seen it loads in golf. So for, for Stephen's answer there, I would say if his business management degree comes out really strong, that could put him in an unbelievable position to move into uh, the golf world. But think 
laterally. So yes, the golf world is a golf club. That's where you'd work at. Even there's roles at a golf club now. There's like business development managers. Mm -hmm. There's directors of golf. There's um, uh, corporate day managers. There's uh, beverage and finance, like beverage and finance, that doesn't make sense. Food and beverage managers or or in, in the golf. Some golf course as well, they actually don't have a pro, do they? They have a shop. That's, that's kind of ran by, like you said, a business yeah, manager exactly. or whatever. Director of golf or whatever it yeah. may be. So there's definitely that world that, that now, if you do want to work at a golf club, mm-hmm. that is something that's new now. Your your task, Stephen, might be to bring in a business corporate days into the golf facility mm-hmm. or to sell memberships to a golf, you know, into a golf facility or manage their social media business or whatever it may be. So there's that world inside of golf. The other world, which is still golf, is Think about all the brands now that are into golf. So you could even go and work for a Callaway or a Titleist or mm-hmm. a TaylorMade as, again, their business strategy development manager. Yeah. What a job title. <laughs> where, where, again, if you had a billion dollars to go and buy TaylorMade, I mean, I, I would maybe bring Stephen on. You'd need somebody on board if you bought TaylorMade. <laughs> so for that, like, there are roles in golf businesses as well golf mm-hmm. companies um startup companies social media companies that we've seen just go through the roof recently it might even be website designing again if he's a business management i've seen a lot of uh, a lot of companies set up now that are bespoke website golf club website designers so yeah. they they'll go to a local golf course and you know the local golf course might be run by a committee and you know, nobody really knows how to set up a website, let's say. Stephen could go in and offer his services as a bespoke business director to a number of golf courses and set up all their websites to help them bring more traffic into their into their golf club, sell more tea time, sell more memberships, etc. Got a question for you then. I remember one of the stories that you've told me is that when you were up and coming um coaching pro at Trafford Golf Centre if you had an hour free it wasn't very obviously very common but sometimes when you did you'd kind of walk down the range and get speaking to people or whatever and try and get more customers so that was quite kind of entrepreneurial we've you've come up with a good answer there is jobs out there they're not all about playing or whatever for Stephen but what advice would you give him to actually go about getting involved how how what should he should he just look for jobs or should he try and reach out should he try something different what would you what would you give him so, advice wise i mean it's, it's probably quite difficult to me because i've only ever gained two jobs like actually mm-hmm. been given two jobs in my life so my first one well i would say in the golf industry my first job was at mia yeah that was my first job and i came out of college and i was 18 didn't really know where i wanted and all i did is i typed up a, a letter explaining my 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 position i wanted to work in the golf industry and assistant professional and i at the time posted it to probably around about 40 golf courses in the uk didn't matter where i want where went where i wanted to go to mainly quite high prestige golf courses because what i wanted to aim aim for really and a lot of the time they came back to me saying we've not got a job available now unfortunately blah 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 Mm -hmm. but then eventually obviously i did get a a letter back from mia and they said actually we've got a position do you want to come down for an interview and i ended up getting interviewed and getting the job then from that, that was my only real, I actually reached out to gain a job at that position because, again, in golf, there are there's a lot of competition. Mm. There's a lot of people wanting jobs in golf, etc. So you could do that. You could you could put a business proposal together to all of these major manufacturers if that's what you wanted to work in or all these different golf courses and email now you can send just bulk. And you never know, you might it might just land on somebody's desk that day who's scratching their head going, how can we get more business into this, mm-hmm. into our golf club? Suddenly Stephen's email pops up like it, 
did on your podcast email yeah. and suddenly people go oh this looks quite good all oh, right so he doesn't want to make money unless we make money so he's going to take 20 percent share on all income in business that's great and Stephen could do that for 10 different golf courses make 20 percent on all new business development for the next five years sign them all in mm-hmm. Stephen would be winning then yeah yeah fair enough um apart from that check out it's probably slightly more golf pro centric but the pga has a jobs board certainly here in the uk so you can go on pga.info forward slash jobs or something like that and uh, there's a jobs board and again not only are jobs aimed at now assistant pros or head pros there are so many more director of job roles and things that are available now as well i think another thing he's probably overlooking is the fact that when you like you said it earlier on your callaway taylor made your Stricks, and every every golf brand has sales reps they yeah. might have 12 15 20 in the uk depending on the size of the business obviously but a lot of those sales reps now I've, I've known a lot i've worked a lot some of them are xpga or great players some of them might not be that great at golf might be no. like 25 exactly. it doesn't always obviously you have to know the industry and, and, and stuff like that but it doesn't necessarily massively matter what your ability is so if he's come, come out of uni at 25 or whatever and there's a job came up at let's just say taylor made or callaway and he applied if his cv was good and he nailed his interview there's no reason i don't i wouldn't see his handicap or, no. or holding him back and, and even to some degree is is his lack of knowledge in the golf industry that could be seen as a hindrance but sometimes golf brands quite like that because yeah. you might come in with i don't know he didn't give enough information but he might have spent five years working in the, in the retail industry at university Correct. in a clothes shop or something so he might come in with a different angle that actually could be really beneficial yeah. to that brand yeah and so, also you could even try retail shops like you know golf mm, shops not yeah. not pro shops but like your american golf yeah, they, clubhouse yeah, they have loads of jobs at their head yeah. office so anyway good luck Stephen. he's not going to get put in the prize draw but you don't win any prizes <laughs> no not this week so email back next week you needed to be more me more entrepreneurial there you did <laughs> i'm excited rick what are you excited for because drum roll please i've joined a golf club wow yes i have indeed so we're very fortunate here where we actually are today at the marriott worsley park they have given us free um corporate membership which we are incredibly thankful for yeah which we got last year unfortunately we didn't use it that much because of the fact of covid the courses were short we did a couple of gym sessions didn't we, we i did. sort of saw you in there i did you were you're doing a good amount of exercise to be fair you do work I hard was. when yeah. i see you in the gym thanks you were um pumping some iron i've had terrible recently what we talk well, i last like week, it it's bad that i like it when you eat bad. last week we ate bad though didn't we yes so we've got a new studio space we'll come back to your membership yeah no it's fine yeah we um we've got a new studio space which we're really excited about aren't we yes and i think our developments on that it's starting building wednesday should take about five days to build so maybe in the next two we're aiming for masters tuesday but That's it might dream. be a stretch to be in the all new all singing brand new bespoke rick shields golf show podcast studio wow it's going to be epic but while we're in there at the moment uh, harry and matt our editors have got a nice little editing suite in there and uh, i've discovered a delivery we really have discovered delivery this last couple of weeks i do think we've we've completed delivery <laughs> i think one more week of it then we can say we've then we've completed it but having said that we did say last week was our last week so most days we're in the office like in the studio last week what did we have we're talking nando's we had, did we have nando's once we, we had, had barbarito twice. twice we had a burger on friday called, called burgerism 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 that was absolutely phenomenal different level i looked at their instagram the other day and it's it look on instagram good but even in real life they looked better and they tasted phenomenal slim chicken slim chicken which is unbelievable that's it that's five taco bell taco bell, taco bell. <laughs> bell. so yeah so we we've, we've, we've eaten a lot um then i had a domino's 
What? Did you have donuts at the weekend? Yeah, on Friday. A burger then donuts. How much did you spend this time? One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Oh, got a deal? Oh, well, did you actually look this time? No, no. Oh, it just like got knocked off. Oh, nice. So it was only 50 quid. <laughs> no, it was like 30 quid. Still 30 quid? Yeah. Crying out loud. I think it was supposed quid. to be 55 and we got 25 what quid. What did you get? Just a couple of pizzas, a couple of sides. Heck. And literally, I didn't even think about it. And then I was like, oh, that seems cheaper today. <laughs> like 25 quid have been knocked off. I got a pizza last <laughs> night from Tesco. It cost me one ninety nine, and I really enjoyed it. Did we have to cook it? Yeah, it took... Well, I didn't have it in the oven. It took 10 minutes, well, 15 minutes. Anyway, so we're both going to get fat. Yes. We're going to get back in the gym yes. and lose the fat. That's all it is. Um, and and I, I knew that I'd be doing a lot more walking this week. Why? Golf. Oh, right. So basically... That one round of golf. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to walk it off. <laughs> Um, but anyway, this golf course here is really good. Yes. I really like it. I've only played it a handful of times. I've walked around it obviously millions of times. Big greens, nice condition, just a nice track. Very Americanized. It is. But nice. Um, good practice facility as well. Decent chip, well, really good chipping green, big putting green. But the only downside of here for me, and I was talking to Steve before who works here, is that it, obviously, I'm, unfortunately, I love my job. But when I drive here, if I come on like a weekend, it does feel a bit like I'm coming to work. Yeah. Um, so my local golf course, where I was a member growing up, Huffwood Golf Club, I've rejoined there because a few of my mates were joining, so I thought, why not? But I joined, and this isn't an advertisement. I wish it was, get a few quid in my back pocket. But this is, um, it was on that Playmore Golf membership, okay. which we spoke about a while ago. And what I really liked about it, it was 350 quid, so 
well, in fact, it's actually three seven five. It's three fifty to actually do it, and then you have to pay twenty odd quid at the golf club when you next go as like your insurance, golf insurance, whatever, okay. English golf union fees, whatever. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. three seven five actually, you get a hundred points. Okay, okay, eighty of which are at your home club. 20 of which are at other local clubs, well, any clubs, but obviously probably going to local. And then, depending on when you play, depends on how many points you use. So, okay. for example, at Huffwood, I think the dearest one, if you like, the, most, the highest points one is eight. So, if you play like a Saturday at 10 o'clock, it'd be eight points. So, in theory, you'd only get 10 rounds if you did that. Uh, okay, but if you yeah. play at like a nine holes on a Wednesday afternoon at seven o'clock in the summer, it might be two points. That's quite good. And then, once your points are gone, you either can buy more points or you're just done for the year. But for me, who realistically is going to play, I'm going to probably smash it through April, May, June, July, August, and then that'll probably be it. Perfect. It is perfect. And you and you, you might play peak time at a weekend, mm-hmm. but you're not likely to play. Well, like, what's peak time in a, in a weekday? Still nine o'clock. Or I think, it, have, I think so. Have to again, it's almost. less points because it's well. I think it's still in, in the morning, but it's less points because, because then it would be a weekday. weekend. Um, you can have a handicap. Are you going to get one? Well, I think my old one, Matt, I think it'll just go straight across because I have like CDH number. So what, what's your current now? Did you get an updated like it was, World it Handicap? Was, no, it was three points something, I think, but four, or four on the nose. It was, it was four, but then when the new handicap system came in, if you remember, we had that, obviously when we did the interview yeah, with Jenna, yeah. she said that she'd worked mine out and it was going to be three. Oh, yeah. But because I haven't been a member of a club anywhere, it's not happened, if that uh, makes sense. So when, you jo- when you've joined now, will it happen? I think so. Nice. I'm not, not, I'm not too bad. I'm not handicapped, though. I just want to play and have fun. But they'll say that now, after three or four weeks, I'll get back into it. I'll tell you what, next week's sponsor's going to be handy for you, isn't it? It is, because it's a very hilly course. A little clue there for people. Um, So I'm looking forward to it. I'm thinking as well, I can have a couple of stories for the podcast. Nice. So when I go out and have a play in my first comp, get excited, clean my clubs, then shoot 95. <laughs> it's that's, one, that's, the, that's the win-win, because I'll be playing golf. Absolutely heartbroken that I've lost five Pro V1s. I'm gonna, not going to break 100 or something stupid, but I'm thinking content in the yes, back of my mind. I like it. So that's good. And, and I th- like I said, it's not a sponsored pit from that playing more golf, but it is a good thing. It is good, isn't it? Let, let's be honest. Uh, we're in the world of getting more people to play golf. Mm-hmm. And if that's a good deal, and if people can take advantage of it, happy to share it. And also, if playing more golf are listening, I think one of the guys does listen, and he wants to add some more points onto my membership for plugging it, I would happily accept them. Guy at rickshields.com. Yes, so 10 more points, 20 more points. You name the points, I'll take the points. Or if you want to sponsor the podcast, and we can talk about you even more. Yeah, in the future, after the next one. Anyway, so I've got a quick question for you. Okay. Only only because this weekend, it was a WGC, Mm -hmm. and it was match play. Mm-hmm. It was the best 64 players in the world, and they went into groups. They then went into quarterfinals, semifinals, final, and Billy Horschel won it. Okay. Um, it was a terrible weekend of golf, to be honest. It wasn't that exciting. Right. But a question that popped up on social media. Do you think... Was this from Paige Spranick, by the way? It was. Yeah. Do you think um, one of the majors should be match play? Is that what you're asking me now? I'm asking you now. No. So why? <laughs> any other elaboration? I'd say because winning a major is obviously deemed as the highest achievement in golf, isn't it? There's only four every year. Yeah. So to, to win a major in your whole career is a ridiculous achievement. And as we've mentioned on previous podcasts, some of the biggest names in golf, i.e. Montgomery comes to mind straight away, have never won a major. So to win one, you go down in history. Okay. Yeah. And... I know golf can never be massively fair because of the draws of a tee time. If you're playing at 
St. Andrews and you've got a morning tea and it's calm, or Carnoustie is probably a better example and it's calm, and then somebody else has a late tea time, it's really windy. You've played a different course, but that's yep. just kind of look of the draw, quite literally. Rubber the green. Yeah, exactly. But with a, um, I suppose it's hard to say because obviously I know football tournaments or soccer in America, like the World Cup and that is, is done in kind of essentially like match, not match play, yeah, but yeah. yeah. You could, it could be unfair because of, of the draw that you get. Could. It could be, you, you could play easier people and get to the final, where somebody else could play higher ranked people and get to the semi. So they've, in theory, played better golf than you. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, it does. They could play higher ranked people and get to the semi and then get knocked out by, let's just say, Rory. Whereas you could play lower ranked people and get to the final, but actually everybody that you've beat, the other person's beat better people. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. I know you said about actual major, but with a major, it's kind of like 72 holes, it's stroke play, and ultimately the best golfer wins it. But with this, it might not always be the best golfer wins it. I don't know. Yeah, well, I'll be honest. I saw. I started watching the match play this week when it, when there's a lot of golfers and really enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. So when there were 64 golfers out there and they were they were, they were in groups and they were, you had some great matchups where like Poulter beat Rory McIlroy, um, some like complete not nobodies but not big names were like beating like Dustin Johnson and people like that it was madness and I really enjoyed that because I felt like again it kind of reminds me a little bit of Ryder Cup like I feel like I really get behind certain players I really seem to weirdly become much more passionate about the Europeans playing in that match play yeah yeah so I was really supporting like Fleetwood I would do anyway but like Sergio like really supporting Sergio and that's not probably someone I'd, I'd typically support like John Rahm so it's just if, if the final was Sergio v Dustin Johnson you'd want Sergio to win I, yeah would you really yeah I would but what if it was those two going down the stretch at the Masters probably DJ that's weird isn't it yeah I, I don't know why it felt more and maybe it was more because I related to the Ryder Cup like I feel like I was watching it thinking oh he'd be a good little pick for he could partner with I don't know why because I'm not the captain I'm not Padre <laughs> Carrington but it kind of gave me like that almost excitement it reminded me of, of you know the the challenge of match play like I loved the matches that went dead early doors like players went like four up and then like end up losing the match like I think it was Bubba, Bubba Watson versus Brian Hardman weirdly two left-handed players Bubba went four up in the match and then uh, Brian Hardman made eight birdies on the bounce wow. to go up in the match and then win um with this was also really interesting there were three left-handed golfers get through to the quarterfinal so uh, Rob McIntyre from Scotland yeah. Um, who beat DJ, I think. He's killing it at the minute. Um, Brian Harmon and Bubba Watson. And then weirdly, out the draw, Bubba Watson and uh, Brian Harmon drew each other because it could have easily been like even semi-finals got two left-handed players. Um, But either way, I just found it really interesting. But then I thought about it more and it got through to the weekend and I absolutely now do not believe a major should be matched. Is that because the, the names didn't excite you as much? That and also it was a bit boring to watch. Like, just two players. I, I watched it last night. Not loads. Yeah, that's true. It was Scotty Scheffler, not a massive name. Nice lad. Not, you know, no, and B- Billy Horschel, again. Nice The nice big guys. names in the golf world, but not necessarily outside of... Like, if they were the last two in a major, or people would be thinking, a lot of people who aren't massive golfers wouldn't know who they were. Exactly. Be. But it was boring. Like, there was so much dead space. So much... I mean, dead slow players anyway. But, like... It wasn't exciting at all. Like, literally, I kept flicking on, and I'd watch a shot, and I'd, I'd, I was watching it on my phone, to be fair, and I'd jump out of the app, go on something else, because 
there was nothing happening mm. in between the shots. Like what would have potentially made it more exciting if they, it was a bit more like the match and they were mic'd up and they, you know you were really getting a bit of interaction with them. But none of that was happening because it was su- for such a massive prize. It's not just like an exhibition match. Yeah, it's a proper tournament, isn't it? And I just found it like. Ugh. It would be good if there was more tournaments that weren't necessarily always four days of stroke play. Yeah, I'd agree. But I think the four majors should remain as they are. I do think it would be nice to have another one elsewhere in the world. I don't quite know where. But obviously, we've got obviously one in, in kind of the UK, Ireland, or whatever, and you've got three in America. I think the Masters obviously should always be at Augusta, obviously. But there, have you heard that news today that there was something in the... Um, I, I didn't read the article enough in time, I, but apparently um, the local... I don't want to get this wrong. So there was something about the Masters potentially needing to move. Really? I know, just I don't want to get it wrong. So I don't want to Masters uh, or Augusta. Is there anything on news today? I'm sure I read something. Civil rights group called for the PJ Tour that Masters to pull event from Augusta National in protest of Georgia's new voting law. Wow. <laughs> but I don't know if that's going to happen. But yeah, I, I remember reading, I read something today. I was like, what the hell? Um, yeah, I would like to see one elsewhere. Where would you have it? Just just on the road. Somewhere random all the time. So a different country? Yeah. Just have one of the, so you've got, well, this is the only problem. You've got obviously the Open, the our Open, mm-hmm. the UK Open. Um, England, Ireland, etc. That should stay where it is. But that does roam. It goes to different places. Yeah. If it's got a, Augusta, which stays in the same place all the time. The Masters, you got the um, US Open, and you got the US PGA. So unless you change the name of one of those two, could have just because it's no, it's known as just the PGA, I suppose. A lot of the time, yeah. Isn't it? Could the PGA, so. obviously, the US wouldn't like that, but just be called the PGA yeah. and travel across the world. That could be what would make it different. And like, I'd love, I'd love to see it in Dubai. I'd love to see it in Australia. I'd love mm-hmm. to see it in China. I'd love to see it in all these different places. I'm not sure why. I'd love to, just because it's different. Yeah. And maybe does that help golf become bigger? Does that does that help golf across the globe? The little Jimmy who's in out in Australia in Sydney suddenly gets to see the best hundred and twenty five best players in the world, which never happens in Australia, mm. ever. Or other countries or whatever it may be. Um you know, America do have three majors, and if you want to go and see the best players in the world, you've got a pretty good chance to go and watch it. And you have, I suppose, in the UK, like we've been to loads of opens. Yeah, um, it's accessible. Imagine if that was elsewhere as well. I think though, people like to change things, don't they? Sometimes, and it's like actually, if it changed, would you like it more? And maybe not. It's hard to know, isn't it? But that was amazing for me. I honestly, a hundred percent, if I'd have asked that, been asked that question on Thursday or Friday, should one of the majors be match play? I was yes, a hundred percent. I got to Sunday and I was like, no it's because way, in your head, no way. You're thinking of like Tiger and DJ coming down the street. But str- it might not happen. Exactly. That will be class. Yeah. But- and that's what's so good about majors is that yes, you might have a couple of two, you know, Scott Scotty Scheffler and. Um, Billy Horschel might be one and two, but you've got like Rory at five and you've got yeah. DJ at four and you're thinking they could just potentially switch this on and do it, you know, make a charge. Yeah. With a match play, you just got two players. That's the outcome. It's going to be him or him. That's it. Done. Yeah. I enjoyed it, but I go against it being a major. Keep it as it is. Yes. Um, I've got a nightmare golf story, right? It's a good one, but it's really long. I feel like it'd be a lot today as well. Oh, there'll be loads. That's <laughs> if you've got a nightmare golf story off, off from your first tee with golf reopening in England, That'd make sure you email us, podcast at rickshields.com. And if you've got a video of it, even better. 
Right, I'm going to try and get through this quite quickly, but I don't want to miss anything out at the same time. Okay. So it's from a guy called Matt, Matt Clare. I think I can read his name out. There's no, no reason why I couldn't. He's also got a picture as well, which I'll show at the end, because that kind of really adds to it. Okay. So, here we go. Uh, I only started playing golf last August after the first lockdown, and since then I've probably watched all of Rick's YouTube videos, and I'm currently catching up with the podcasts. At the time of writing this, I'm listening to number 48. So, he might even listen to this for ages. I think I did email him back to say, though, but... Um, that'd be a nice surprise when it, when he gets this episode. So I was currently borrowing um, my father-in-law's golf clubs and a bag. As I didn't know that I'd, I'd get into it or not, really. I kind of didn't want to spend a fortune on clubs, so I, I borrowed some stuff off, off um, my father-in-law. By the third round, golf had completely taken over my whole life. So I decided that evening to go to American Golf and buy myself a set of irons and some new Puma golf shoes. So we've got the bug quite quickly. Yeah, yeah. hear that a lot, don't you? During the following week, I was uh, growing increasingly excited to get back on the golf course with my new clubs. When arriving at the, go- at the golf course in Essex, a friend of mine said he had a spur push trolley, and if I wanted it, I could have it off him. Of course, I jumped at this and even paid for his round of golf as a thank you. It was a really windy day, so the first nine holes went as expected, and as I was a beginner, my friends decided to give me a handicap of 36, and I used every shot and a few more. On the dreaded 10th hole, a 349-yard par 4, uh, and I must note, this course is extremely flat. I completely messed up my tee shot, and it trickles about 10 yards. Okay. My group decided to give me mulligan, and I managed to pull an amazing tee shot uh, for my standards. It goes about 190 yards. Skip a few shots, and I'm on the green, 10 foot from the hole, putting for a, par- a net par, which is a six. When all of a sudden, the wind picks up, and my friend shouts, someone's trolley's on the move. <laughs> as soon as I heard this, I knew full well it was going to be mine. It had some serious speed and was heading over a slight mound towards a lake. You oh know this is going, God. don't you? Yeah. I reached the, it reached the peak of this mound, um, and I could see about 15 feet in front of me, just as it fell into the water. I had a rush of thoughts. First, that I had spent an arm and a leg on these clubs the weekend before. I was still using my father-in-law's bags, wasn't too bothered up the bag. I didn't want them sitting at the bottom of the lake. The next thing was, do I take my brand new golf shoes off before I jump in? Um, but I didn't really have enough time to think about it, so I jumped straight, di- straight in after my clubs, um, scooping them, getting the trolley, and the trolley was hooked on the side of the lake. It was then I realised I had my phone and my wallet oh, in my pocket. Oh, no. By this point, my friends had caught up and helped me to retrieve all my equipment and myself from the lake. I was dripping wet and wasted and embarrassed. As you can imagine, all my friends were in hy- hysterics laughing on the floor. I thought this was the worst of it, I turn around and see a group of men aged around late 50s to early 60s on the tee box for the fifth hole, which goes over the lake. To their amusement, all of doing breaststroke mimics and laughing. Um, Alex, the guy who, whose old push trolley it was, only then decided to show me there was actually a break on the trolley, on the wheel. The only positive from all this was I picked up... Um, the ball was picked up from the green by one of my playing partners to stop any slow play, and I was given a net par. <laughs> And that what, what was funny is silver lining this round. Oh my god! There's a picture of him. Oh, there. we're gonna have to put this up. That is brilliant. So well, nice where he is. Is it Australia? Um, I thought it was over here, but I oh, know it's over. He's, he mentioned it's .co.uk, so I'm guessing it's over here. But it looks very sunny day. It's it was in the summer though. Again. It was in the summer, so that's hilarious. Ouch! You see that? You you see that a few times, don't you? When it just the trolley just goes off. Mm. You gotta get a quality trolley. That's the trick. You do, don't you? 
Um, so yeah, that was Matt's Nightmare Golf. It was more of a, of a Nightmare Golf story. That still an NGS as such. It wasn't a shot. It was oh, more yeah. of a of a situation Nightmare that happened to him. Yeah, we'll take that. Um, that was good. Uh, it's nice hearing that we've not heard those for a while. I think the problem is when I tell them, I don't want to rush it and ruin it. Yeah. And I'm always conscious it goes on for too long, but I'm trying, no, to, paint pic- trying to paint it's the good. picture of listen, what happened. Listen, um, it's thoroughly enjoyable. I've got a couple of Facebook questions for you. Yes. So um, we've not promoted the Facebook page for a bit of a, a little while, but if you want to join, it's um, the Rick Shields Golf Show podcast on Facebook. It's a group. Join it. Got to go through some very stringent questions. Mm-hmm. I can't remember what the questions are now. Right, do you listen to the podcast? Which yes is, or no? I think even if you click no, we let you in, but you should <laughs> click yes. Um, but I'll put a little post on, on yesterday, actually on Sunday. So. I think the only thing, right, I think it needs questions. I think some people who are in the group mm-hmm. are just confused that it's a podcast group. When it's just podcast stuff that gets posted, they don't yeah. know what it's about. I know. They're a bit like, what's this for? Why are you talking about cream egg, whatever it's called, mini egg bars? <laughs> but anyway. Do you want your question? Everyone's welcome. This is from Brandon Morris, and he says, playing a new golf course for the first time, how do you prepare? Do you look at the course layout ahead of time before you get there, and then would you choose what club to take, etc.? It's a good question. Mm-hmm. It depends what type of character you are, personally, I would say. And it's it, Sorry to give such a generic answer, but I don't personally like looking at the golf course too much in depth. Why? Only because it can change. Like when you get to the golf course, your perception of the course you might have seen on Google Maps or you might have seen some drone footage on the website or whatever it may be. And it's nice to get a bit of an idea of the course. But then when you turn up and it's not to your expectations or it's windy or it's rainy or it's a different day, like you can't plot your way around the golf course off static images, I don't believe. True. Um, It's nice to get an idea of maybe what type of golf course it is. So let's say, for example you play at a golf course that's not got loads of bunkers and you, you notice this new golf course got absolutely loads of bunkers. Well, you might find you want to do some bunker practice that week just in case. Or you might find actually, you know, the grass, it's more of a links type golf course. So you might want to practice that week in the build-up of hitting slightly lower shots to help you play navigate more links type golf courses. Um, in my head, I'm seeing this question that is going for a casual game but it could be it's for a tournament, in which case would that change what you would do? Yeah, probably for a tournament. But then it should be the same. Yeah, it's a good question. You know what I hate about playing a new... Well, what I like about playing a new course, should I say. This is all, this is mental in the head, I know. But if I'm in a golf course, I know, right? That should give you an advantage. And obviously it does in certain ways. Sitting on the greens, you might know the run of the green, etc. But if I know that there's a hole that on paper should be quite easy but let's just say down the left there's an out of bounds. If I've hit it out of bounds before, that'll be in my head. Whereas if it's the first time I've ever played that golf course, I might not even see the out of bounds, hit one, and then go get down, oh, it's out of bounds left, because yeah. I've hit it there. So actually, by not knowing, it sounds stupid, that can actually help you, or it certainly can for me. Massively. Well, I, I go back to this story, and I think I might have told it on the podcast before. One of the hardest golf courses I've ever played is in Wales. It's called Bull Bay. Have you ever said this story before? Um, not that I know of. And I played it in a PJ tor- tournament, like a local PJ tournament, so not not PJ tour. <laughs> um, and it was a two day, two rounds in one day, right? Right. And I'd never so it's thirty six holes in a day, and I'd never been there before, and I, and I pitched up knowing it was a bit of a links course, but that was about it, right? The first round, I had no idea how to play the golf course, zero idea, and I played fantastic, like um, like really solid golf. 
I didn't know anywhere where the hazards were. I didn't know where the trouble was. I didn't know where not to hit it. For example, the second hole, it's like this really weird like ravine hole and you go over this like hill and I was the first to tee off because I think I had a good score on the first hole and I pull out driver. I think, well, I just it's a par four. I'll just smash it over the yep. top of there, right? Smash driver straight over the top of it and I turn around to my playing partner. They're both holding six irons. I'm thinking, oh, crap. <laughs> and they went, you've not played here before, have you? I'm like, no, not played here once. And they were like, mm, you hit it perfect, but it's risky, right? They hit six irons, and I, and we go over this hill, and the hole is literally like a, an hourglass, like the fairway's dead, dead wide at like 200 yards. That's why you're hitting your six iron. And then it goes into the most funnel, tiny, 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 tiny fairway I've ever seen. It must not only be five yards wide. Big uh, gorge bushes on the on the left, out of bounds on the right, and then you actually run out of fairway as well. Right at the end, where there was a ditch or something, walking up there, going, "Oh my god!" You're panicking at this point. I, I why have I hit driver? What a stupid mistake! And I get down there, and the two playing parts of it, their second shots, and I'm still walking, thinking, "Where the hell's my ball?" It is. I could not have placed it in a more perfect position if I tried. I'd have to literally carry the ball and put it, I put it right at the end of the fairway, right in the little gap, perfect. I was like 50 yards from the green. So what did you do the next time, next round? I hit six iron out of bounds. <laughs> <laughs> so because, because I knew what was down there, yeah. I hated That's it. That's 100% what I do. The second time I played it, because I knew what I knew... Like that first round, for whatever reason, I was lucky or whatever. I didn't. I did. I wasn't. I played with freedom. Yeah. I, I wasn't worried about what I didn't know about. And then the second round, because I knew about all this trouble, and it's a really tough test. I played horrendous yeah. because I tried to like position my way around. It was horrible. I did that exact thing like I said earlier on so often, and I know that my mental game when it comes to golf is quite poor. There's a hole at the golf course I've just rejoined Huffwood. Hole number fourteen is quite. Is, I think it's quite a low stroke index. It's a it's a par four that's kind of quite straight. And there's out of bounds. It goes all the way down the left from the tee, basically to the green. But actually, you can hit an iron or you can hit a driver. It shouldn't really come into play. And if we played tomorrow and you'd never played it, you wouldn't even think about it. So the marker post that you aim at and you hit straight over that. But when you've played there all your life and you've hit countless shots out of bounds left, it's in your head and it's a worry on the tee that shouldn't be a worry, yeah. but it's there. I, I think if I was, to, and, and I've never massively done this, but I could imagine the value in it. If you've not got time to play the golf course, and let's say you've, you've gone away somewhere nice and, and you go to the golf course a day early to scope it out, just to walk around the golf course, I think would be mm. really beneficial. I know not everyone's got time to do that, but you could kind of plot your way around without thinking of any bad shots. Because yeah. that's the problem with the practice round, like you mentioned. If you do a bad, yeah, if you hit one out of bounds, it's that's in suddenly head. in your head. You know, on Men in Black, when they little button thing you press, <laughs> yeah. and you, I reckon if I could have my memory wiped and play my home course fresh, <laughs> I would better. shoot better than I would shoot tomorrow. That's mad, that, isn't it? 100% I would. So I, I don't, really minded. don't feel like we've answered this guy's question, but it does vary. It depends on you. I can imagine someone like a Rob Potter. Oh, we'll have to, I was just literally thinking about it. He him. would go, he would probably have a practice round. He'd walk it. No, we it, need to rewind. Right, start we again, We need right. to rewind much so, further back Rob Potter, that. who Rob is Potter. one of Rick's friends, who you might know from a lot of the old mid-handicap tester videos, and listens to the podcast. This is the test to see if you're listening, actually. He gets the tea time yeah. six months early right. to where he's going to. So in yeah. six months, he knows he's playing at a golf course, mm-hmm. right? The research starts now. <laughs> this is it. Like, okay. if, it's not, if it's not already done, this is the time he starts researching. So going on websites, looking for the golf course. Watching planner, course vlogs. Watching course vlogs 100%, maybe several times, yeah. plotting his way around, you know, watching all the drone footage, downloading Google Maps. Yeah. 
printing it out life size scale <laughs> in a local park um, <laughs> but, but like doing fly like literally ringing up the head pro getting some advice off the head pro asking him you know Would you, might, be- you might have seen me from one of rick shields three woods re- reviews five years ago um i need some advice i'm playing your golf course in six months i need to know where the pin is going to be on number three would it be wrong in saying that he goes to driving range and actually plays the course in his head so he knows that the first tee's a free hybrid hits that then he knows we're gonna have a 60 degree left in hits that 100 percent. he knows he knows He'll know the chef's name. He'll know. He'll know exactly which car park he's going to turn up into and park into. He knows from the door to the golf course, seven different routes to get there, and he knows exactly the minute it takes from each route. I've got a question for you now. This would be classic. <laughs> we can do it the same. He's going playing. Yeah, he's playing a Stableford comp. That's okay. Okay. Want to write on your phone and then show me how many points he's going to get. So he's playing. So Rob's going to the golf course in six months' time to play a, a an open, and. He's playing in the open. It's a Staleford comp. So how many points do you think he would get? I don't know why I've got this number in my head that feels exactly what he would get. And I hope you get somewhere close, but you might not do now. Don't. Oh. Three, two, one. Oh, <laughs> Rick put 31, I put 32. That's exactly what he would get, isn't it? Like, he's not a, right yeah, that. he's not a shocker. He's not a shocker at all. And his preparation in some instances has paid dividends <laughs> because on a whole, he's a hybrid because he knew there was a little hazard. But the overthinking started from getting 37 points. What, the reason why I didn't get 38 or 36 or whatever, it, you know, it, the reason why I didn't do better than his handicap is um, one of the batteries in his fourth rangefinder <laughs> died and he only had two backup batteries and he, he felt underprepared. Rob, if you're listening, you are a legend and you know we both think a lot of you. We just like having a bit of a laugh. So, but that that is... And I, there are too many. There are so many people. I think, in my personal opinion, who have that over-prepared mentality, and I don't believe it actually turns into better scores. Got a couple more questions for you, then. So, I, I, last thing, Go turn up more hungover. That's your trick for everything, isn't it? Yeah. Go um, on, carry right. On. This is a bit of a random one, but if you're willing to do it, let's do it. Um, in fact, I think I could pull this up for you, actually. In fact, you do it. So it's from Rob Johnson. He said, "What are Rick's last five liked YouTube videos and he said excluding your zone and what it's do you mean sim- ones that I've liked so go on your YouTube videos that you have liked and okay. then tell him tell us what they are but they can't be your own because you, we, you, we all know you are partial to liking your own videos I don't like my own videos you like your own tweets I don't <laughs> uh, how do you even find out go on to um, oh, got it got it got it got it last five it's a good job it doesn't show disliked videos <laughs> uh, oh actually that's yeah, quite sad <laughs> is it actually your own <laughs> It is as well. It is. Go on. It's all the uh, podcast clips. Podcast clips. Right, let, let's go past the podcast podcast clips. Oh, maybe not so topical anymore. Um, I bought a new house. Who was that? 2021. Who was that? David Dobrik too. Oh, right. Okay. Not as uh, topical anymore. Um, Robbie Williams sets Mission Impossible nice. lockdown challenge. Who's that from? Uh, tubes tubes and Ange. yeah shout out to tubes and Ange. i learned uh bryson dechambeau's putting technique that, and i loved it that is from uh, kyle berkshire correct uh last one i'm gonna do oh this is interesting how i lost 70 pounds to play better golf is it that guy that does stuff with dan hendrickson it i've seen that video but it's not him all right okay uh the golf monthly one mike harris oh right nice 
uh, and then that's it. Okay, um, the rest, another couple the rest went. Of my own <laughs> or second channel. This is a question that I kind of saw, and at first thought it was a bit of a humorous one, but it's actually not. It could be a really good bit of advice. It's from Robert Munford. He said, uh, "Great podcast," which is a great way to start your question because that means Simple. it's a good chance of it getting read out. Um, what do you think about golfers using chippers around the putting green? Yeah, it doesn't. Oh, around the putting green is in. Well, no, it just means sorry. It just means in general, not around the practice putting green, oh, but right. in, on the golf course, having a chipper in yeah. your bag. Yeah, fine. Mm. I think I've given it some stick in the past, a bit like iron head covers, but I can respect somebody who uses a chipper. Yeah, because they're they're a useful tool, and and if you struggle with chipping and it's stopping you from enjoying the game of golf, then you should not not use one yeah. just because of Stigma. people's opinion. Yeah. No, I agree. I think the only way I would talk people out with them, and this isn't everybody, but if you are struggling, because obviously you've only had 14 clubs in the bag, if you're thinking that you've almost, you're struggling, you want to put a hybrid in or whatever, and you can't because of the fact you've got a chipper, it would be quite good to just learn to use a 9 iron because that would then mean you take the chipper out and use your 99 and then put the hybrid in or whatever. Yeah. But having said that, most amateur golfers don't even have, a lot of them even have 40, they have 12 or 11 clubs or not even care. Exactly. And if you, like you said, if a chipper is going to help you, because what's handy with the chipper is you have a loft of an 8 iron normally, well, it's your 9 iron. It can vary, yeah. You can get more lofted ones now as well. But... Well, yeah. But then the lengthwise, they're more like a putter length, yeah, aren't they? Exactly. So you get that control. And the idea is, if you're not aware of chippers, I'm guessing a lot of people are, they used to be called chipping putters back in my day. Did yeah. And they actually used, used to be called cheating sticks. Well, yeah, yeah, the idea like is it. that you almost put with it, don't you, really? Yeah. Kind of, you just literally. It's put. a lofted putter. Yeah, exactly. And it'll just help you. Then Odyssey did some, do you remember? Yeah. With alignment on them. Yeah. That's quite handy. And and they're really quite heavy in the head. Yeah. They've got a really big, wide sole on it, so you it can't doesn't dig, dig in. into the ground. Yeah. And uh, it is a really, really useful tool to have in the bag. I think actually probably more people should look at chippers. Yeah, I do. Um, I wonder, like, it's a shame, you know, rescues, clubs, mm-hmm. hybrids, like, they could have quite easily had a similar stigma to attach to them, couldn't they? You know, they could have done. But it's funny how, why did chippers end up getting that stigma? I think it's because a rescue, a hybrid as they're known as well now, or utility, when they came out, it was almost like a new franchise of club, wasn't it, if that's yeah. the right term. It was almost like, like it says a hybrid, it was a little wood and then iron kind of fused together. It was a new type of club. Whereas a chipper, it was almost seen as like, you can just use your nine iron. But... I like him, and I would go as far to say after the after your response that you endorse them. Yeah. So if anyone ever gives you any stick for having a chipper, just say, "Well, actually, the Rick Shields endorsed." Exactly. Um, I've, I've I've tried a few that that strike one. What was that one called? Um, oh, the green one. Yeah. I can't remember something strike. I can't remember. It was actually quite good. Pure strike or something. That was quite good. The other Odyssey one's pretty good. Yeah, I, I rate them in a big way. Question from Jordan. It's a bit of an open-ended question, really, so it's very hard to answer. But he says, how often should the average golfer change wedges? Oh, yeah, that's really hard, isn't it? I would say if the average golfer means, in terms of ability, it means actually how often they play, let's say say once a week. I would honestly say you've got years. Yeah, I think Vokey did research. Um, Vokey wedges, replacement. That's if the, that's in terms of needing to replace them. If you want to replace them, swap them every week if you've got exactly. the money and you want to. But if you, in terms of needing to... Very, very rarely, I would say, genuinely. So this is from uh, Vokey's website. So Titleist Vokey, the wedges. And how often should you change your wedges? I was hoping there'd be a quick answer, but there isn't. Uh, Give me one second. I'm sure there's a quick answer to this. 
It was something along the lines of X amount of rounds or X amount of Ball. years or oh. something. It's hard to say though, isn't it? Cause it depends on the kind of course you play at, I'm guessing as well. A harder course, like um, a link style ground that you might possibly... Oh. <laughs> what was that? <laughs> the video I tried to watch. Sorry about First mere drums. <laughs> what the heck? I need to remind what time that is because I need to cut that out. Uh, okay. Uh, <laughs> sorry about that. Uh, I can't even find the results. Either. Doesn't matter. But maybe um, see your local pro. I mean, they may be inclined to sell you a wedge. They might not be. But yeah, not not that often. Probably not as often as you you might think. Actually, I wouldn't say anyway. Tour pros swap them almost monthly, don't they? Or weekly or tournament based because they yeah, just want the absolute right. max spin. They, the difference for tour pros is it's not so much that they want max spin. Well, it is, but it's also the fact that they want that consistency every week. So if a tour pros wedges get worn down a fraction after a month, they're not going to perform the same as they would have done at the start. So they want that consistent performance every week. Another big difference with tour pros: how they strike it, balls they, they hit. They don't pay for the wedges. They don't pay for the wedges, and they so, strike it better, and they hit more balls. Uh, okay, roughly, I think I've just read this correctly. Around about two hundred and fifty rounds, and that's from Titleist. So but, then, but then they're again, trying to sell wedges times, as well, aren't how they? How many so times you're actually going to hit a, like a? A wet, like, well, that's what they've accounted for, I'm guessing. So if you play 50 rounds a year, which is one a week, obviously, that's five years. And that's from Titleist who want to sell you wedges. So you could probably say six or seven years, this really. Is, they're actually saying two years, which is quite bold, that, isn't it? 250 rounds in two years. But then why don't they say you have to swap your irons often? Because yeah. you still hit your irons more and you want the same spin and everything. I know you use them at the bunker, yeah, so I'm not anyway. Gonna, I'm not, we're not going to take that advice. Um, swap them when you want to swap them. Yeah. I think I would say for most golfers, you'd probably swap them by choice before you need to. Correct. And there's something nice about having a bit of an old rusty wedge in there. Yeah. Um, are we good? That's everything I had written down for this week. Well, I had nothing written down, so that's good. Standard. <laughs> <laughs> Next week's is a biggie. Um, we've got this, obviously, as I said, this sponsor that we're going to be announcing, and it's going to be good. And just lastly on that, and this is something we're probably going into more depth than we kind of need to here, I know, but I don't. Want, we're not going to start pushing this brand down your throat. It's going to be really nice, isn't it? We kind of we respect the brand. We want to work with this brand, etc. But just because the podcast sponsored, nothing changes. It's going to be done tastefully, very tastefully. But we've also got to pay bills, so, so if you don't thanks like it, to lump d- it. Deliveroo for coming on board <laughs> and play more. <laughs> yeah, play more golf. <laughs> um, I felt like there was something else I wanted to talk about, but I can't remember what it was. Anyway, I'm going to play some more golf. I'm excited. Mm-hmm. Um, we keep meaning to do this one on the golf course, don't we, the podcast? We can do now. We can do. I was thinking we could have been like a putting comp today, but it was too busy and stuff. But we'll do some more stuff like that, maybe as bonus Thursday treats. Thursday treats go down well, don't they? I mean, could we even do that for next? Um, possibly, but we need to make it good because it's the first sponsored oh, one. Oh, yeah. Um, as always, anyway. if you've enjoyed it and you want to rate it, it... Feel free, Apple Podcasts, give us five stars, ideally. Those those uh, those open podcasts are getting close to us on the chart. Yeah. We've done our shout out. Now get us back to number one, everyone. We're not number one now? Yeah. yeah, yeah. We're not in every country. Uh, also, lastly, before we wrap this up, we, um, as we said at the start, the podcast with Dan Webster went down really well. Really well. And we really have got some guests lined up we've actually got Dan Hendrickson we may as well announce that I spoke nice. to him the other day on the phone he's more than willing to come on he can't wait so that's going to be when this new studio's up and running uh, in a couple of weeks couple of months he's going to come up and get a podcast I think for, for me if you're not aware of Dan Hendrickson he's a PJ golf pro at Torquay Golf Club he's been on YouTube for a couple of years now um, but my kind of the reason I wanted to get to, to speak to him and get him on the podcast was this fact that a bit like Dan Webster being a really successful PJ pro but 
Dan's, Dan Hendrickson's kind of gone down the route of much more on YouTube as well. Mm. So for me, I'm interested in how does he balance this life, having staff, having employees, but also being kind of what you would also class as a full-time YouTuber. I think that's interesting. And what influence does it have to, to his business? Exactly. Positively, but also probably negatively as yeah, well. Exactly. So, well, hopefully not, but it could have the negative impacts well, in some regards. Golf, court, golf clubs can be quite funny with pros yeah. that are almost too out there. You'd like to think, and I'd, I'm sure we'll get this on, on the podcast, someone like a Torquay would see how well Dan's doing, how much kind of, because I'd never, I've heard of Torquay, I didn't know there was a Torquay golf club. I can't, I'm not surprised there is, yeah. I didn't know it for, for sure. But now I know the name of it, and you've got to think that's going to in- increase kind of tourism and visitors off the back of his of his YouTube channel. So they've got to be made up with it. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then once he's been on the Rich Hills Golf Show podcast, yeah, I mean the stars are. I also spoke to. Oh, it's the first time. First time you're hearing this. What are you saying then? Like the stars. What's the stars saying? aligned? I don't know. I don't know. Um, I've also spoke to Tubes again about possibly doing another one with his brother. What? Maybe. Um, so I like them. Yeah, Tubes is doing really well. And I think, again, he, he currently works for Sky Sports. He's loving on his YouTube with his brother. I think they've got some, some really good stories to tell. They did some great stuff when it was locked down. Really the course was shut. They were really very clever. creative. I think we'll get them on for a part two. But anybody else that you want to hear, feel free to send an email, podcast.rickshields.com, and let us know what guests you want on. We want to get some big names on, but we also like these kind of smaller names that we have really good stories and good combo with. Oh, but the... No disrespect, but the James Robinson and Dan Webster ones have done incredible. And I bet um, most listeners didn't know who they were beforehand, no, did they? No, but it's a, it's a nice, a, a really fun story. So we'll keep looking out for fun stories, interesting guests. We'll keep doing our podcast and new studio coming along very nicely. And some of these clips are on the second channel from today. Yeah. The Rick Shields Golf Show on YouTube. Rick likes the videos, literally just like his own videos. So if you want to like them too, that's good. Right, guys, enjoy. I'm sure you're ready to jump out your car and either get on the golf course or get to work. So we'll leave you be. Have a great day. And we'll see you next Tuesday. Peace.